Brian, what do you love about the Hudson Valley? I love living so close to nature and being so much more connected to people than I was elsewhere. I like the animals. Sheep, the goats. Not the coyotes, though. I hate coyotes. What do you hate about the Hudson Valley? What drives you crazy? Poor healthcare access. <laughs> what about you? Well, you know, the city it's. Zucker, and this is City It, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley, season six, episode 85. So excited to be back on air, sharing and championing the area a lot of us continue to love to live in. Brian and I are eight years here and still getting to know it. Plus, things keep changing near and far. One of my favorite new places is Local Vor in the village of Red Hook, a grocery and cafe that focuses on products made within 100 miles. You might know its original location in Rhinecliffe, the Epicurean. And now the owner, Chris, opened up a second location called Localvore. I go in for a coffee and sit at the window or in the gallery room. One of my favorite things to do with this show is to take City It to places that I haven't been in the region. My list is huge, and you'll come with me this season. Today we're going to start northwest of where I am and go to Catskill Park, which is over 700,000 acres of land across Delaware, Green, Sullivan, and Ulster counties. You'll meet Ryan Penny, who runs Camp Catskill, a shop that recently opened up for gear and clothing for exploring the area. We talk about what drew him to the Catskills, known as America's first wilderness, about starting a store in Tannersville, about Catskill Park and four great spots inside the Blue Line that he recommends, and my favorite, a controversy, Catskill Falls, and its dubious claim. We also talk about microspikes, crampons, and how I shouldn't wear my Stan Smiths into waterfalls. Ryan even helped me put together a guide to Catskill Park for the blog at cityit.com. You'll find links in the show notes. This is a timely talk, for Ryan and I have so many local favorite hiking spots, but as spring comes and the world opens up, I know we need new ones, and maybe you do too. Plus, like nearly everything in the Hudson Valley, there's history and drama all around us. And for Ryan, my guest today, that's Rip Van Winkle. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Matt. Thanks for coming on City It. Oh, this is fantastic. I'm so excited to be here to talk about what we're doing in the Catskills and the Catskill Park in general. I love the show. I love City It. And it's just really exciting to be a part of it. And you're drinking in Manhattan, just like the song. <laughs> I am. I'm sipping on a Manhattan just because I like Manhattans. <laughs> so maybe a good place to start is about you and your relationship to the area. Like, are you from here? Did you move here? 
Why are you here? I am not from here. I am from Long Island, New York. Grew up there, but was constantly hiking and camping in the Catskills as a child. Um, And, you know, whenever we would get a chance, my family would come up to the Catskills to go for a camping trip. I was also a Boy Scout. And so we were constantly up here for those kind of camping trips. And then later on, I moved to Brooklyn and lived there for a long time and kind of kept my connection to the Catskills, kept going back for hiking and camping trips. And when I met my wife, that continued even further. We actually got engaged on the top of Peekamoose Mountain, which is one of the Catskill 3500 peaks that we have up here. Um, I made her climb all the way up to the top and she said yes after that. So that was great. (laughs) We continued to visit on and off and would come up on the weekends a lot and ended up finding a weekend house uh, in February of 2020, which was right before everything changed, right? And so it ended up being super convenient that we had a place to go during the pandemic And so we ended up spending a lot of time in the Catskills region and just really fell in love with it on a different level and thought we might want to make a home here and move here permanently. We started to put together the plan for that. And by January of 2021, we had moved up here full time and I started to transition out of my job that I had in the city and start to put together a plan to open a shop here in the Catskill Mountains. I knew I wanted to do something that was a little bit more like hiking and camping focused because I loved doing that. And I wanted to bring that experience that I had to the Catskills in the form of a retail shop. And so I ended up working at Home Depot in Leeds, uh, right down the road here from where I live in Wyndham now, to get some retail experience. I worked at Home Depot in oh, the wow. section. That's <laughs> a good idea. And then I was constantly looking for a place where I might be able to rent to open up a little shop. And then in December of 2021, that place appeared in Tannersville, right on Main Street in Tannersville, New York. Um, And so I went for it and we built the place out and opened up in March of 2021, Camp Catskill is the name of the store that we opened. And uh, we are a hiking-focused outdoor shop. We call ourselves an ethical outdoor shop because we work with brands that are limiting their impact on the environment, either by using recycled materials in their products or natural fibers. Um, And we are also 1% for the planet members, meaning we give 1% of our revenues to environmental nonprofits in the Catskills, like the Catskill Center and Catskill Mountain Keeper and some others. And are your customers more city it's coming up to go hiking for like for the weekend? Are they more local audience of people who needed this kind of store? I think it's a mix. We definitely have a heavy weekend crowd of folks that are coming up from either downstate or Philadelphia or even over from Boston. And so I do see my fair share of cityites, I think. Can you spot them? No, I, I don't pick them out of a lineup necessarily, but Sometimes I can tell when someone is not from around here. Let's just say that. (laughs) How can you tell? Oh, I don't know. There's a hurriedness and a a directness that I feel like in some ways I can empathize with and appreciate and can meet with my customer service, uh, 
you know, the attempts at customer service that I'm making for that customer. I want to get them on their way and get them out to do whatever it is they plan to do uh, with their day. But yeah, it's it, there. There is something about folks that are not from around here that is rushed, and I think that's part of what I was hoping to escape by moving up to the Catskills was feeling that feeling all the time. Right? I know there's a time and a place to get things going, but um, but yeah, I think I I felt like I needed some more balance in my life, and I think that so far it's been it's been great for that moving up here. I mean. And did you have adjustment? I talk a lot about what I've learned, you know, moving up here and trying to become a local and trying to become acclimated yeah. and, and and from here. Do you feel like you went through an adjustment or was it very easy for you? It certainly wasn't very easy. I think I'm still adjusting, but I think it feels like it's a necessary process that I'm going through to kind of shed my... I don't know. I mean, my my worldview, my the way that I thought things had to work, it has been challenging in some ways in terms of, oh, just finding places that are open after 6 p.m., right? Or, you know, convenience is something that I think we had taken for granted living in Brooklyn, where you could walk down the street and you'd pass 10 different restaurants from all different cuisines around the world. Whereas here, it's a little bit more challenging to do that. And you kind of have to plan ahead and become more self-reliant and to figure out how to do those things for yourself. So I appreciate the necessity of having to go through that discomfort in some ways, but in other ways, it has been frustrating. I don't know that your area as well as I know my side of the river, and I've gotten to know Kingston a little further south than you, but it is a little more mountainous and a little more um mountainous yes i mean there are two ski mountains within 20 minutes of me oh. um and a third within another you know 35 minutes in bel-air but we have hunter and windham mountain so we are at the very top of the catskill park in windham and the the northern edge this is an area that encompasses over 700,000 acres uh, of new york state um, Which is like the size of Rhode Island, by the way. It's exactly. incredible. I mean, it's it's huge, and it's America's first wilderness. Um, it was put into the New York State Constitution as being a protected wilderness space in New York State, which is the first of its kind in the country. And um, it's oh, nobody it's just put an in their constitution area. to protect the Sorry. wilderness. New York was the first. Uh, yes, yes, wow. and so. It is an interesting park because it's not a park that has a gate where you enter and then it's just parkland. It's a mixture of public and private lands and a kind of, you know, even my house where I live in Wyndham is just outside the, the northern barrier of the Catskill Park. But the shop, Camp Catskill, is inside the park. I travel from, yeah. from here to inside the park every single day to go to work which is kind of a cool thing, even though I'm on Main Street in Tannersville and it's a bustling, you know, village in the Northern Catskills. Oh, so people don't like pay a fee to go to the park. They just go to the park. Correct. Yeah, there's no there's no entrances other than the trailheads where you would park and go for a hike or just go sit by a lake or something like that. So let's talk about Catskill Park more about, you know, where we, where do you recommend people people going? So, I mean, the park is so vast that I am very focused on 
the specific area that is around Tannersville because when I'm in the shop all day, I'm interacting with customers that are coming there to visit and might have typically two or three days that they're looking to do something. I think a lot of people here, you know, when they're going to the Catskills, either they're coming to ski or they are coming to just unplug and relax mm. and enjoy some nature. And maybe they've heard that the Catskills has great hiking and they should go for a hike when they're here. And so a lot of the conversations I have with people are where they should go. And most often they are one of the areas that is within a 10 minute drive of Tannersville. And Tannersville is situated in, in an incredible part of the park that has a wide array of great hiking within that distance. Uh, I'll give you the list of the top four that I give to everybody. And that would be Catterskill Falls, which is five minutes away from our shop. It's considered the tallest waterfall in New York State by some people. There is North-South Lake, which is a New York State DEC campground that I believe is the biggest and the busiest in New York State, right next to Catterskill Falls, has some incredible hiking trails all around that area. There is the Platte Clove area, um, Platte Clove Preserve, Platte Kill Falls, the Overlook Trail, which connects from kind of Tannersville area or Platte Clove to Woodstock. And then there's also a beautiful little secret spot that I, I like to call secret. It's not really the secrets out, but it's the mountaintop arboretum, yeah. which is right in Tannersville and is just a really beautiful area that you can get out into the woods and take a walk in the woods or a hike. I call it a hike, but some people call it a nature walk because it's not climbing a mountain necessarily. It's just a nice area to kind of be in the woods and and disconnect. So, so those are kind of the top four areas that I send people to. And all of those are technically in the park, although they're not all on New York state land. The mountaintop mm -hmm. arboretum is, you know, they're a nonprofit. The Platte Clove area, part of it is, is property that's owned by the Catskill Center, one of the nonprofits that I mentioned earlier, and the rest of it is New York state. It's all within the confines. We call it inside the blue line inside the confines of the Catskill Park. And then there's there's tons of other areas. So a lot of people come to where they should explore the Catskills through, especially hikers, through one of the clubs, like the 3500 Club. Yep. Which for anyone that doesn't know is a group that climbs all of the highest peaks in the Catskills. And there are 33 listed peaks that are part of the Catskill 3500 Club. So those would be like the tallest peaks would be like Slide Mountain, Hunter Mountain. There's 33 of them. Some people tick through that list as a kind of guide path for where to visit when they come up here. And what's the animal situation? Like bears, snakes, I'm thinking dangerous ones. You know? All of the above, right. So coyotes. Um, yes, there are all of the above. We have bears in Tannersville in the summertime pretty much constantly. They come down into town at night and root through the dumpsters when the restaurants throw their food out. Um, but we call them scaredy bears. You know, there aren't too many dangerous interactions with the bears, but they are beautiful animals. And I think we're lucky to be able to get a sighting of them and have them come into town. But you do have to be careful around them. And then, yes, we have we have rattlesnakes. 
Cook Mountain is one of the areas between Tannersville and Woodstock that has kind of a high number of rattlesnakes uh, oh. during the summertime. And so if you hike up to, there's an old abandoned hotel in the middle of the woods called the Overlook Mountain Hotel, I believe. It's just the frame of the old hotel. The windows are all gone. The ceilings and the root and the floors are all gone, but the walls are still there. And it's a really beautiful, interesting, weird, kind of creepy place to go. But in the summertime, at certain times, there can be a lot of rattlesnakes. So you really have to be careful. And then we have eagles. We have tons of deer. So coyotes, yeah. You, you hear the coyotes at night. They often yelp in, in this really interesting kind of scary way. But yeah, you hear them a lot because there's so much wooded area around us that they're living their lives. And we're kind of trying to coexist with them. Wait, Ryan, what did you mean when you said Catterscale may or may not be the tallest waterfall? So there's some debate about whether or not Catterscale Falls is the tallest waterfall in New York State because it's a two-stage cascading waterfall. So the way that it falls is it falls and then there's a pool and then it falls again and there's another pool. Now, if you're to look at that from afar, it looks like one waterfall system. But a purist would say that something like Sonic Falls is a single drop and so a consistent waterfall. Oh, so it's like a split level. Correct. Which I would argue makes it all the more beautiful and all the more reason why we should call it the tallest waterfall in New York State. But again, a purist might say That is good otherwise. controversy. I think City is going to have to take a stand on this issue. I may mm. have to come see it for myself to weigh in. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a really incredibly beautiful area. It's accessible. There is a great parking lot at the top that I believe that it's an ADA accessible trail down to the observation platform. And you can view the side of the falls and you can travel around the top of it. There's a bunch of hiking trails at the top. We don't recommend that people go down into the falls through the stone steps if they don't have micro spikes or additional traction underneath oh, their boots. Oh, good tip. Okay, yeah, um, down to my sneakers. Right, but- Don't, take, um, don't which, wear your Stan you know, Smiths. If you need, <laughs> if you need uh, micro spikes, we have them in the shop and we can get you, we can get you out there. I don't there, even but... know what a micro spike is, but I assume <laughs> it's like a nail shoved into my Stan Smiths. It's, it's like a crampon. I don't know if you've ever heard of a crampon, but it's something I've that never. you attach to the bottom of your shoe or boot, okay. hopefully, if you're hiking, that will allow for you to have grip on solid ice. And so you go down into the falls, there's a lot of overspray, there's a lot of ice that develops on the steps in the wintertime, especially when it's cold. And even this winter, even though it's been up to 60 degrees some days, but you really need microspikes to be able to go down to the different levels of the falls and explore them more close up, which is really the best way to view it. But again, not if you don't have the proper footwear. I mean, Sean from mountainhunking.com, who's been on the show, is probably laughing at this if he hears it. But I, I'm pretty sure I will never wear microspikes. <laughs> but I will send in a drone to the falls to see what it looks like up close. Send in a drone? A drone. Oh no! Did he tell you not to not to send drones there? Because oh no, he didn't allowed. say that. You're not, they're they're not, not allowed. allowed at all. It's like oh, okay. actually the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> okay, so I will not send a drone in. 
and I will not wear microscopes, but I will right. look from afar with a telescope. Can I bring a telescope? Yes. I think you don't need a telescope, but you could certainly use one. You would want to view it from the observation platform, which is near the Laurel House Road parking lot at the top of the falls. And then there's very nice hikes that you can take from there that don't involve climbing down into the falls where you wouldn't necessarily need micro spikes, although they would still be recommended. Man, you mountain, you mountain people are sticklers. <laughs> We just don't want, we don't want people getting hurt out there because that requires additional resources and like the rangers are busy enough, you know, it's it, it, when we have to mount a rescue, we, I, I have nothing to do with it. When a rescue needs to be run out there, it really causes a big burden on the folks that are tasked with, you know, making sure that people are safe. And so you want to try to limit that to the only the necessary times when when people are really in trouble and not have somebody that's down there in flip flops or in sneakers when it's really the kind of place that you should only go with the proper gear. Yeah, I don't want to be part of the problem. That would definitely right. undermine the brand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, it's Matt. Thanks for tuning in for the season. Ryan runs Camp Catskill in Tannersville, New York. Stop by and say hi to him and Mo. You can also visit online at campcatskill.co. Use promo code City at 10 for an extra 10%, and you can buy gear and clothing, maybe even microspikes. This is for a limited time. Thanks, Ryan. All right, so if you're out, you're outdoorsy, you're going to love all the hiking and stuff like that. And what about if like you're a history person or you want to know the culture of the area? Tell me more about, you know, your side of the river. One of the most interesting things when you visit Tannersville or Catskill or anywhere in the surrounding area is that you're immediately confronted with a lot of imagery and names of Rip Van Winkle. And I felt like I knew the story of Rip Van Winkle since I was a child. You know, it, it had something to do, in my memory, it had something to do with a guy that falls asleep and sleeps for 20 years. Mm. But I felt like I didn't really know much about the actual story until I moved up here and I started to see it everywhere. Yeah, the bridge in um, Hudson. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's the bridge in Hudson. There's paintings that are on the side of buildings in Tannersville that depict Rip Van Winkle. It's in the name of the lake in Tannersville. It's just everywhere. And so I felt like I needed to learn more about the story. And so I, I actually read the short story by Washington Irving, who's the same author that wrote Sleepy Hollow. Yep. Um, and further south. Further south. Correct. Exactly. Um, but who interestingly had never visited the Catskills when he wrote the story about oh. Rip Van Winkle. But apparently um, Rip Van Winkle was heading into the woods to avoid his nagging wife and go hunting for squirrels and encountered a group of ornately dressed Dutch, maybe gnomes, that were bowling and drinking and having a real good party in the woods. And they needed someone to help them roll a, a beer keg up a hill so that they could continue the party, I guess. And so he helped them roll this thing up and then they offered him a drink and he had, he got very drunk from this and fell asleep. 
and he fell asleep before the American Revolution had started and slept for 20 years until <laughs> well after the American right. Revolution had completed. And, and so he missed the entire revolution. And so when he woke up, he was being asked, you know, who are you? What, what is your business here? How did you vote in the recent election? And he said, well, I'm a loyal subject of King George, of course. And so apparently <laughs> people clocked on pretty, pretty fast that he was not who he said he was or you know, thought he was. And so uh, he ended up being taken in by his daughter and, and living out the rest of his days there in the Catskills. It's just a, a fascinating kind of interesting story that seems to have latched on to this area of the Catskills specifically, uh, and everything is named for him. <laughs> and so right. yeah. it's, it's just a, a, a crazy story. Do you, do you sell Rip Van Winkle t-shirts in the store? I, I don't yet, but I feel like I should. Yeah, I don't um, know if it's trademarked. <laughs> it, well, yeah. I mean, it's probably, uh, what is it, when it ages out of a copyright, you know, at a certain point. <laughs> yeah, was, that's right. It becomes that, legal. That's one of the best parts about it. This was written in 1819. So it's like just after when he would have woken up. <laughs> in the Catskills. And Washington Irving was writing this from Birmingham, England. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Um, and But it's fun. I think it's kind of cool that everything is named for this guy who's this mythical creature and, you know, kind of mythical man that for a long time and was notoriously lazy. That's great. That's yeah. great. Well, you are clearly a big fan of Catskill Park and the Catskills. I guess I would ask you, what is your favorite place that's not in Catskill Park that you would recommend people go see if they're up, say, for the weekend or for the summer or something? Not in Catskill Park, but in this area. Yeah. Because that's somewhat challenging. It basically means that you have to travel outside of that blue line. Yep, um, the blue well, I was having this discussion today with the hiking guide that works in our shop, Mo, um, and we were talking about this area that is located just north of the line, the blue line, where I live in Wyndham, and just north of me here by about five minutes uh, is the Ashland Pinnacle Range, which is another range of smaller mountains that seems to have been excluded from the Catskill Park. And um, I'm not sure why that is. I mean, in, you know, um, New York State's wisdom, I'm sure there might be a reason why they capped it at a certain point. But there is a really beautiful area of hiking opportunities just to the north of the park in the Ashland Pinnacle Range um, that people might want to check out. But there's also a bunch of areas in this area that are owned by New York City and their DEP land that is protected for the watershed because all of the water that New York City drinks out of their taps comes from the Catskills. That's oh, one of the, the real reasons, right? Well, not just the Ashokan, but the Skahari, the Pecacton, the, you know, there's a bunch of reservoirs oh. in the system. And one of the reasons why the Catskills are America's first wilderness is because it was able to produce all this drinking water for New York City unfiltered. And there's basically a gravity system that takes it down from here to New York City without having to filter it because it's so pure. And so 
there are a number of beautiful little smaller sections of New York City DEP land that don't fall within the Catskill Park that you can hike and fish and hunt on during hunting season that are accessible to anybody that wants to go. So, you know, I really recommend that people explore some of those other areas and not just the most popular places like Catterskill Falls and things like that. That's great. Well, I mean, I think everyone should stop into the store and meet Mo and you. Yes, for sure. You'll get an earful about where to hike in, in the Catskills, that's for sure. Great. Cool. So Ryan, you moved up here and now you're a business owner and now you're you're a local and you're a local business owner. What would your advice be for, for Cityots? I think the main thing would be to not be so impatient. And I'm probably not talking about necessarily when you're waiting for a sandwich to be made at the deli, but more generally, I mean, change takes time. And I think that for a lot of us folks that have moved from other areas, we see the slowness of that change and it frustrates us. But if we take the time to learn why things are the way they are and get involved in making them better for as many of us as possible, then I think change will come and it might take time, but we'll get there. Down in the valley, moved up from the city. It's a new way of living and I'm trying to get used to it. One park, people have an ounce of an idiot. Ordered a Manhattan and they call me a city, yeah. I'm a city, 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 I'm a city.